Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. We are especially glad to have you joining with us this weekend, whether it's in person, whether um, it's online together. We start a new series. It's called Hashtag Every Day. And there are multiple reasons that I think this is going to have a high, high impact on all of us. So I want to start us off by sharing a tool, something that has um, had high impact in my life, and something I think you're going to find to be extremely helpful. Extremely helpful in your spiritual development, your spiritual growth. It's very helpful in being able to bless others. Also extremely helpful just to be able to hear someday these words, well done, from the Lord Jesus himself and which one of us don't want to hear that. So if you would, um, just for a reference point, how many have ever uh, played tic-tac-toe in your life? You ever done tic-tac-toe? Kind of like, how many are champions at it? Like, you know, like you're like, okay. Um, no bragging there, right? Um, everybody here know what a hashtag is? You know, ha- hashtag the symbol that way, tic-tac-toe. So together, I'm gonna ask you, with me, to put that in front of us right now. So we're gonna draw it together. So if you would, get your uh, finger up in front of you this way. Just humor me, it's a crazy person up front, I know. Right here, we're four lines, ready? In front of us, like, so it's one, two, three, four. Everybody, okay, that's a very good job. And if you would take that, I want you to set it aside for just a second, that will become a very helpful tool. Now, if you happen to have a Bible with you, I'd like to um, take us to one of the most important instructions that Jesus gives to his followers. No, I know, just even saying that, right? Like, aren't all of Jesus' instructions to his followers important? And you could say yes. But if there were two or three of the most important instructions he gives to us, he gives to us today, then this is going to be on that list. So, again, if you have a Bible with you or if you've got your phone, you've got the Bible app on that, grab your phone right now, open it up, and then let's look together at Matthew chapter 28. And if you'll keep that open... A couple little notes you may want to put in here as well. Verse 16 starts out with these words. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Jesus, they worshiped Jesus, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sometimes this has been referred to as the Great Commission. Now, if you have this open in front of you, it's a compact, powerful word from Jesus, but it's really easy to kind of miss like everything that's going on here, because we see the words, but... I just always remind people, like, remember this was given at a real point in history to real people, like, at a real place geographically. And as we look at it, we see here, first of all, that Jesus was sending his disciples, the 11, to go up to Galilee. So they're going from Jerusalem up to Galilee, and there's certainly going to be a reason for that. They go to a mountain that's there. There's no real mountain mountains. Don't think Colorado mountains um, there in Galilee, but some some high hills. And in these high hills, this was the place that Jesus often would gather people 
to be able to teach and share with him. Probably the place that the Sermon on the Mount had taken place. So Jesus' most powerful teaching at the beginning of his ministry, and now he's gathering his disciples again. The timing of this, pretty important. See, this is taking place about three to four weeks after Jesus was crucified. So think about that. So you had Easter, and then three or four weeks later, Jesus is gathering all of these people together with a very important message for them. Now, who? At first reading, it seems like, well, you've got the 11 disciples, you know, those are the ones there, and those are the um, people that Jesus is going to give this message to. If you look a little closer in verse 17, it said, when they've come together, some doubted. Now, knowing what you know so far, the 11 disciples, so Judas, sadly, has, has hung himself. He's not there, so of the 12. They have seen Jesus now repeatedly over the last three or four weeks. There is no doubt in their minds when it comes to Jesus, their resurrected Lord, their resurrected Savior. So what does this mean then some doubted? It's actually because there were more people there than the 11. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 6, tells us this, that after that, Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time. So you have literally this huge gathering of followers of Jesus. That's one of the reasons that he had gone to Galilee. It's a place where many, many of his um, followers had lived. And when they came there, then there was this doubting. Now you may go like, what? why were they doubting Jesus? Well, these people who live in Galilee, I mean, they hadn't been in Jerusalem when he was crucified. I mean, they're just going like, was he really crucified? Because I see him, that's Jesus there. So I mean, how could you be you know, dead and then alive again? So there may have been some of those things going through their minds. They may have been doubting whether he would show up. I mean, they came to this place, right? Because somebody said, hey, we gotta meet at this place. Jesus is gonna meet us there. And they're like, Really? I mean, like, didn't you hear he was crucified? Like, how is this working out? So you get all these people that finally come together, and then Jesus appears. And he begins to speak to them, which is going to take away all of their doubting. The significance of this is that what Jesus has to say, it's not just to this elite group of 11, but it's like to all of his followers with what he wants for them. And then he goes on to speak these words. First thing he communicates to him is like, hey, everybody, just so that you know, now all power, heaven and earth, it's just been put at my feet. In other words, Jesus is saying this to them. To everyone who follows, he said, I want you to know this, that I have done what I've come to do. I've accomplished the mission that the Father sent me to do. I provided for redemption for the world. My work has been completed. I've done what I've come to do. So let's just say that together. So as we understand what it is that Jesus is telling people, he's saying this to them, first of all. Ready, everybody? I've done what I've come to do. One more time, Jesus is saying to them, I have done what I have come to do. So that clear. I've done this. Now, said, therefore, because I've done what I've come to do, therefore, he said, here's what I want you to do. As you're going, I want you to make disciples, I want you to 
baptize people. I want you to teach them or share with them the things that I've shared with you so that they will have them in their life as well. In essence, he's saying this to them. Now I am sending you. Say it together. Now I am sending you. So if you put this all together, this message that Jesus has gathered everybody together for, here's what he's communicating. And let's all say it together. Ready? I have done what I've come to do. Now I am sending you. One more time. I've done what I've come to do. Now I am sending you. So Jesus is telling everybody, like, I'm sending you. Like, I'm giving to you what's been called the Great Commission. So today, if you're sitting in your seat today, you're listening online, you're just going like, so Jesus has given to me the Great Commission. How many of you are thinking this? Hot dog. I mean, like, this is the most awesome thing ever. Or could you possibly be thinking something like this? Oh, crap. Why did I come today? Why did I listen to this today? Like, I can't do Like, I can't do this. Like, Jesus, you want me to do this? It seems like Jesus is saying to you, go run an ultra marathon. Go recode chat GBT. You'd be like, I don't know where to start. You know, Jesus, you give me a great commission. Don't you know I've got a job? I got a family. I'm really busy. I can't do this. This is where Christians get frustrated, right? Jesus told me to do something. I can't do this. Oh. But what? What if we could change one word? In fact, rightfully so, change one word. What if we could change Jesus giving you the great commission to Jesus giving you an everyday commission? Something that you could do. Not go run an ultra marathon now, not recode a complex program, but something as simple as flossing your teeth. Now you could floss your teeth, can't you? I'm not saying you do. But I'm saying you could floss your teeth. And Jesus is saying, would you just tell other people about me? Would you help other Christians just to take a next step in following me? And this is what we'll refer to as the hashtag everyday commission. And I think there's three questions that will just open it up for us. And personally, what Jesus might have for you. First question is the why. And we'll also talk about the where and the how. But why did Jesus give this to us? Why is there such an importance to this everyday commission that Jesus is giving to all of his followers at this time? And interestingly enough, every time that Jesus in a post-resurrection ministry... Every time he appeared to anybody, there was always this, I want you to go, I want you to join with me in this side of it. If you're talking afterwards, maybe at lunch, maybe in a small group a little bit later, and you're going like, why is the Everyday Commission so important? Why is this, why is there this urgency to it? I'd be really interested to know what your answers are. What do you mean, how would you process that? How would you answer that? Including your answers, I hope some of them would be, um, well, one, because Jesus said so. 
And it's really easy to just dismiss that, right? Like it's when your parents says, you know, why do I need to do this? And your parents says, because I said so. And it's just going like, oh golly. You know, like, so there is no reason, right? But with Jesus, when he said, when I said so, I think there's real significance when somebody rises from the dead and then gives you an instruction, don't you? It's like, Jesus, after his resurrection, said, this is what I've got for you. Another reason would be because everybody, every one of us is gonna spend eternity somewhere. Jesus knew there is a heaven to be gained, there is a hell to be avoided. And I know hell can be, you know, it, it, it's out of vogue. You know, you don't wanna talk about hell. But some people would say, like, I don't believe in hell. But the truth is, Jesus did. He talked a lot about it, and he said, one of the reasons that God sent me, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. In other words, God doesn't want anyone to end up in hell. Because we know everybody's gonna spend eternity somewhere. This becomes all the more important. And another reason, I think a powerful reason as well, is because Jesus makes life better. If you were to think for just a second, how has Jesus impacted your life? This would be some really interesting interaction. In a series we did not too long ago called The Jesus Difference, I made this statement and I said, if Jesus isn't making a difference in every area of our life and in every relationship of our life, it's because he's absent. Because Jesus always makes a difference. And as followers of his, I can speak for myself, it is really easy just to be able to take for granted the peace that he brings into my life. The help that God gives to me in my life, the direction that's there, the joy that comes that way. But when I think of my life, if it was devoid of Jesus, when I think of my life before Jesus, this truth that Jesus does make life better. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I mean, he was like right on with all and each and every person that we know as well. So for these reasons, the why, it's so compelling. It's gonna bring us to the, but where? Where does the everyday commission take place for us. And here's what I'm gonna bring us back to again, the hashtag everyday commission. So we got this little tool that we said before. I want you to picture right now, right here, center square, I want you to think about where you live. Think about your house, think about your address, think about your apartment, think about your dorm room. If you're just getting ready, graduating, going off to college, I mean, this is gonna be, you know, this is gonna be your space right here. So this is where you live. I want you just to consider for a minute, who are the people, who are the eight closest people to you? If we were to ask today, I mean, if you were to take that piece of paper you've got in front of you and just put your hashtag on it and go like, could you name your eight closest neighbors right now? Now, if you couldn't, you would be amongst the 60% of the population because the survey was done, this was back in 210. You know, how many of your neighbors can you name? 60% could only name one, at, and some could get two of their, of their near neighbors that way. 
30% of people, get this, 30% couldn't even name one of their neighbors. So if you were just to consider your neighbors, could you do these three things? What is their name? What is something that matters to them? So here's my neighbor, John, and he's really into cars. And then three, do you know any problem, concern, or struggle that they might be going through? Now, if we would do this for the eight closest people to us in our neighborhood, all of a sudden, we have our where. Think about work for just a second. This is, again, this is you at work. Who are the eight closest people that you come in contact with regularly at work? Do you know their name? Do you know something that matters to them? Do you know any problem or concern that they might have in their life? Think about school. So here you are, here's school. Maybe that's your locker. Who are the eight closest people to you in school? Who are the people that you interact with in extracurricular activities? This is the hashtag everyday commission that Jesus would say, I just want you to focus here. In other words, I'm not gonna send you across the world right now. I just want you to do as you are living your life, put your focus here. Now, I think so far we could do this, right? I mean, like, I understand Jesus has something he wants me to do, right? Check. I understand where this focus should now be. I can learn these things. But how? How are we going to do what Jesus asked us to do? You know, bring him to them, help them in taking a next step. And in one word, it'd be pray. We could pray for these people that are around us. Prayer is actually the foundation for the completion of the everyday commission that Jesus gives to us. Now, this is not a trap question. This is not a condescending question. Just wanna check though. How many here can pray? Can I ask your hands? How many of you can pray? Okay. So now you're going like, but what would I pray? I mean, like, what would I pray for for these people here? I'm like, I don't know what to do. How about these two things? Here's your next door neighbor. God bless them. God help them. We could do that, right? Sincerely. Hey, God, here's my neighbor, John. Would you bless him? Would you help them with this that's going on right now? Here's my other neighbor. Now, this neighbor might be your crazy neighbor. How many have a crazy neighbor? Mm -hmm. How many have a neighbor that you'd go like, my prayer is God smite them? <laughs> well, special. I mean, we, you know, here's the person I mean. They're complaining about your dog. They're complaining about your kids. You really wouldn't care if they just complained about your kids, but they're complaining about your dog, right? I mean, so you're like, I don't know if I like these people. I mean, as we begin to pray for these that are around us, all of a sudden we begin to see God working in their life. There is something that will make a huge difference in a person's life. And that's just not only praying for them, but it's praying with them. So here's where we could get just a little bit 
of a stretching experience right now, but I hope this is a really good spiritual stretch that I ask you into. So with these people, as you are just living your life, because the word actually says here, Jesus is saying, as you are going or as you're living your life, here's what I want you to do. So as you're living your life and you're talking to your neighbor, and here's your neighbor John, again, that's here, and all of a sudden John says, man, we just found out that my brother-in-law has got cancer. You're like, golly, I'm sorry to hear that. If you would say to John right then, John, would it be all right if I prayed with you for your brother-in-law? And then do it. I mean, out loud. What you're gonna do is you're gonna communicate to John that he matters to you and what matters to him matters to you and it matters to God as well. Some, maybe you've never prayed with anybody before, so you've never prayed out loud with anybody. You may start out doing this. You might start just by saying, hey John, as a follower of Jesus, I try and pray like once a day and so would it be okay if I prayed for your brother-in-law a little bit later when I pray today? Now, what do you think John's gonna say? Yeah, I, very few times he's like, no, I don't want you praying for me. Like, most time people are just like, oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. And when you actually take time then to ask John how his brother-in-law's going or whatever that need is, here's what we're beginning to do. Real quick, um, this past week, just in, in, in living life, it's like I prayed for a lost wedding ring. I prayed for a child that was in school. I prayed for a hard trial that somebody is going through, so big problem in their life. I prayed for somebody, the wisdom in a work situation they had. I prayed for a new baby. prayed for a cancer treatment. And I prayed for a little bit of a family tension that was going on. Here's what I think is noteworthy of this. You may think, well, guy, you're a pastor. Of course you're gonna be doing that. One of these things was related to pastor guy. The other, how many other? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. The other six, it was just guy. I mean, some of them don't even know, you know that I'm a pastor, but it's like, here's what came up, and just in living life, I was just praying, praying for them. And in every case, here's what a person said, goes like, Thank you. And the other thing I learned is when um, somebody asks you to pray for something, I write it down. You know, I've got my phone. I've got a little stylus on my phone, so I can, I just like, I want to write that down. And if I keep praying for them, when I see them, then I just ask them, like, how's it going or what's taking place with this? Here's what happens. When we begin to pray for people, we just open them up to God's working in their life because God works in prayer in ways that he wouldn't be working in a person's life if we didn't pray. So we're opening them up to God. We open up people to the very fact that we care. They may know that we're a follower of Jesus, they may not know that we're a follower of Jesus before, but when we pray, we're letting them know, you're important. And we begin to show them that there is a God who cares. Can you do this? I'm hoping everybody's saying, I can do this. If 
If I were to send you out into your neighborhood and I said, I want you to go to the eight people around you and I want you to explain you know, to them the full gospel and um, answer all the questions that they have with regards to the Bible. That one, you'd be going like, I'm not so sure about that. In fact, we did a survey just a little, uh, couple months ago and in it we asked the question, how many feel fully equipped to share your faith? This is the answer that we got back. About 11% of us which means about 89% of us would say, I'm not sure, I want to get into these conversations. God, I don't know if I can get the answers. I don't know if I can do this right. I mean, now next week, I hope we can move that dial a little bit there. I think it'll be really, really helpful. But with regards to praying, for those people that are around you, I want you to hear this. We all can do this. As I prayed for these people, um, it may seem like I've always done this. True confession. It's only been in the last two-ish years that I've been purposeful in doing this, knowing, learning, and taking time to pray with people. And so over the last two years, I can tell you just how big a difference this is making not only in my life, but in people's lives as well. Remember what Jesus said to us? He said, I've done what I've come to do. Now, I am sending you. I think you could take the Bible today and I could, I could argue, like, this is what Jesus wants us to do. And I could make you say uncle, as it were, like, like okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that, that, that's what he says there. But, you know, we don't come to church to, to win arguments, right? We don't come to church to take the Bible and, you know, just kind of beat a person with it. We come to open ourselves up to what Jesus wants for us. And this is my hope today. That you look at this and see Jesus has something here for me. And he wants me to join him in it because he said, and I will be with you. All he's asking us is, would you do your part? We get this really confused. Our part is, we pray for our neighbor. God's part is, he works through that prayer. That's not our job, that's not our part. Our part is, we let a person know about Jesus and the good news about him. Jesus' job, you know what his is? He's the one that draws people to him. He's the one that can change a person's heart. He's the one that can make life better. That's not up to us. Our part is, we can just invite a person to come and join us in church. It's God's part to take his word and to speak to a person. It's God's part with his spirit that begins to make a difference in their lives. I mean, that's one thing that every one of our speakers up here realize. I'm not gonna convince you. I'm not gonna change your life. I am not the Christ, right? But when we come, all of a sudden, it's like God does something unique and special. That's why we really look forward, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna do this block party. We invite guests, friends, our neighbors to come in to open them up to what God wants to do in their lives. Our job is to encourage a person. Take a step with Jesus. Take your next step with Jesus. Jesus' job 
is then when a person does to bless through obedience in their life. And some of the steps that Jesus gives us in here, I mean, they're, they're simple. They're things that, that we can do. He says, um, once you've received me, I want you to be baptized with believer's baptism. Now, if that's something that you haven't done yet, before you tell somebody else Jesus wants you to do it, I'd encourage you to do that. In fact, use the QR code right now. Hit the baptism tab. Let's find a time that you could be baptized with believer's baptism because it's something Jesus said, I want this for you. If it comes to just, like, how do I figure out how to take a next step? Once again, next, you can use the QR code for that or after any of our services today. I mean, stop by next. Somebody's going to sit down with you, figure out, like, here's where you are now, and they're gonna help you to take your next step with Jesus. One of the genius, I think, in what Jesus does with this, is he answers the question, how can we reach our friends and neighbors and community with the good news of Jesus? Now, if I do this, if I just take my neighborhood, my eight neighbors, I'll come back. And you take your neighborhood. And the person sitting across from you takes their neighborhood. And each of us just begin to take our neighborhood. Do you know what happens in a community before long? You have an entire community in which individuals are being prayed for. You have an entire community that God's working is beginning to take place in. With your neighbors... Is there anybody that prays for them? We do not want to be in that place to say, there's nobody that prays for my neighbor. There's nobody that cares about them. There's nobody that prays for them because it's the one thing that Jesus said, we can do this and you're gonna watch me do then what I can do in my life. His bottom line, it was this. I'm gonna ask you just to say it one more time with me. Jesus said, I've done what I've come to do. Now I am sending you. Can we say it one more time? Just kind of let it sink in. Jesus said, I've done what I've come to do. Now I am sending you. To do what? To pray. To pray for and to pray with. And to see what God is going to do through that. Now, if you've never received Jesus... In those words, I have done what I've come to do, Jesus would be communicating this, I've gone to the cross. I've made it possible for you to be reconciled to God. I've come to be able to help you with the dark things in your life that have taken hold of you so that you can find release. And if you would come to me, then I will do for you, making you a child of God, what only I can do. And if that's you, friend, I want to invite you in this prayer to trust Jesus as your Savior. For the rest of us, would you join me in simply saying to Jesus, yes, yes, to your hashtag everyday commission in my neighborhood. Let's pray together.
Jesus, may your heart, may your work be unmistakable. I know that it's going to show up in everybody who will say yes to you in this. But to see our neighbors, our friends, also be impacted for your good, to have your blessing, God, your help in their lives, that is our sincere prayer. We also ask Jesus, for the one right now, that you've been drawing to you, you've been working in their life, and they realize, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I'm gonna ask you, Jesus, would you please, would you forgive me? Would you make me a child of God? Would you save me today? Anyone would say, that is exactly what I needed, guy. I'm going to ask Jesus to be my savior today. Would you just lift a hand for a second, acknowledging that? Yeah. Online, you can just put that in the chat. We're so grateful, Jesus, for an unmistakable working. It's been done in us, it's being done in others right now. And may we, as a church, just join you in loving and caring for people and watching you do what only you can do, Father. In your mighty name we pray, and all God's people said. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,